Hello, world. Welcome to another week of Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas out there and enjoyed our incredible Mike Commodore episode. I, I continue to rewatch it, Sleaze, and I laugh every time. Dude, it's one of those ones I think that'll be that'll they'll go go down as the benchmark for the funniest episode we've ever done. We did we had what we had him for an hour and twenty minutes or something like that. And it's he he's just one of the best storytellers in the world, period. But B, he's one of the few guys that we've had on because we have big name golfers and athletes, but all of them have like a brand or an image or things. So they're they gotta be they gotta kinda toe the line a little bit between being funny and really getting into some of the other stuff. Kami's not that. He's so far removed from that. He's checked out. He's retired. He doesn't care, and he's more than willing to just bear all. And that that episode was uh, was a was a ten. Yeah. Well, his brand is hashtag in one. Yeah. And boy, let me tell you, I spent Christmas with him. You know, he's down here from oh, Calgary, yeah. away from the family. We went and played golf, and uh, we got in one, and we had a time out at TPC Scottsdale. I mean, the man is just a legend. First off, he told me more and more stories. We have enough for six episodes. Yeah, we, have, we haven't even scratched the surface of Kami's stories. I was just like, how much can we jam into an hour 20? We'll have him back more and more. we oh, got some stuff yes. planned for 2021 that I hope can come to fruition where we get a few guys in here at the same time telling stories. He is 1A on the list. But, yeah, I saw you out there playing golf on, on Christmas, getting uh, getting in one on Christmas. That's a nice little family tradition. We had a – I think it's our new tradition we decided. Get blasted on Christmas myself, and play golf? Mike Commodore. Uh, Chris Demon and Jim Decker. We all went out to TPC wow. Scottsdale. It was beautiful, seventy degrees. Just had a bunch of cocktails, gambled it up, and just let the party keep going all day. It was it was a blast. But you mentioned that twenty twenty is coming to an end. We can't thank everyone enough for all their support. Y'all have been unbelievable. This thing has just done better than we could ever imagine. We hope it continues to get bigger. But we want to touch a little bit on some of our favorite moments from twenty twenty. I know you've got a few. I've got a few. What do you got for me? Man, looking back, A, I feel like this year has gone so quickly. We just started this thing back in February, and now the first year has come to an end. And huge thank you to all the listeners out there and all the people supporting it and moving this thing forward. We're having a ball with it. I hope everybody else is having fun. But going back and trying to highlight some favorite moments, I got. we've been lucky in that most of the guests that we've had on are the vast, vast majority. We already know, and like we're already somewhat good friends with for the most part. Very few strangers have walked into the studio. The one stranger who did walk in, which was, was just a highlight for me, was barn going way back, Kiradek Alpha Barn Rat. We got him the week of the Phoenix Open. His his managers, his people just happened to be in the studio while we were recording one of our other shows. Like, oh, we'd love Kiradek to do this. And then the next, I think it was literally the next day, mm -hmm. Kiradek was in the studio with us. I love that dude. I'm a huge fan of his. We got the gear now with the Kiradek on, you know, his face on the shirt. And he's a guy that I've always just kind of looked at from afar, not really known a whole lot about him. But so getting to sit down with him and actually digging into it, his story is pretty cool. And the way he lives his life is way, but he just like spends the all the money that he gets on either cars <laughs> or watches or whatever. He lives how every dude wants to live, but doesn't have the balls to do it. So Kierdeck was definitely a highlight for me. What, which ones stick out yeah, for you? I think Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Uh, just because he was so open and honest about his past and how – you know, he probably didn't handle things quite the way he should have, but he's like, you know what? At 19 years old, being one of the most famous people in the world, how would you handle it? So that was really cool how he opened up to us. I know we got a lot of comments about that. And just becoming friends with him over this, yeah. this past year, playing a lot of golf with him. He's such a good dude and another guy that I would love to have back in the chair because I think we can get a lot more out of him. But you look at an episode like Joel Damon, where might not be the most popular guy on the PGA Tour, but we sat him down, he opened up. And we got so many comments about, you know, I didn't really know much about Joel, but now I love him. He's, he's a fan favorite now. It was cool to kind of show the personality of guys like that. Yeah, exactly. I think another two that would kind of fall in that same category, 
the Ricky Barnes and the Sean O'Hare yeah. interviews, both laced with just really, really cool stories that a lot of people hadn't heard. Sean actually went above and beyond and told one that's pretty incriminating and that may get him uh, some comments when he's out there on tour when fans do get back. But both of those episodes, guys who have been on the PJ Tour for a long time, maybe not the most well-known, maybe not the biggest names, but have some just great stories. And hopefully we're just kind of showing some of the personalities and the, and the, the you know, the experiences behind some of these guys, but those two, I think had, I mean, Ricky's some of his Augusta stories. Yeah. I was like, same, same type of deal. I was like, dude, are, are you telling, are you snitching on yourself? Mm -hmm. right? Like maybe don't tell us sneaking out and sneaking back into Augusta stuff. I think we would be wrong if we didn't mention Sir Charles Barkley though. I mean, anytime you can get Sir Charles behind a mic, it's, it's an honor and a privilege and he did not disappoint. Without question, just to get Chuck to come in here in the studio was was a big one. He's got a lot of stuff on his plate, no pun intended, but uh, <laughs> he's got a lot of stuff going on. I'll say I'll say one. I mean, dude, it's so hard to pick like your yeah. favorites, but I thought the Jordan Spieth episode down in Dallas. Granted, I got a little bit overserved there at the end. I took a lot of shit for that, but at the end of the day, it's three dudes sitting around talking golf, and I thought he had some really cool insight, really cool stories. I was more. That was like a perfect hybrid of serious golf talk, but also getting to know Jordan a little bit more. Yeah, thanks to all of our guests, though. They have all been incredible. I know, this, like we said, this thing is going far and above anything we thought it probably would have done. But now we just want to make it bigger, and we want to make it the best golf podcast out there, no doubt about it. And with y'all's help, we can do that. But right now, Sleaze, we got another interview to get to. Our man, Sir Double L, Luke List, was in the building. Yes, sir. The final interview of 2020, Luke List was in the building for a little work with his teacher down here in Scottsdale. Nice enough to come in the studio. We sit down. We talk about USAM, Vanderbilt, his career, you know, on the PGA Tour up to this point. And we just kind of, this one's a little more serious golf talk. There's no Uber stories. There's no punching people <laughs> in the face or things like that. But this is a, a nice sit down with Luke List where we really kind of dive into some golf stuff. And he's a big fan of Golf Subpar. He listens to every episode. I so appreciate that. For that. But here he is, Luke List on Golf Subpar. All right, we are excited to welcome in our next guest, our boy straight off the bird from Augusta. Nice enough to spend a little time in the studio with us here. PGA Tour veteran, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt Commodore, legend, and I would argue possibly has the best golf photo shoot in the history of the world. Thanks for having me. His name's Good Luke List. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Luke List. yeah I thought that would do enough for Wait it. for it. Wait for it. Who is it? I'll help you out, please. I thought people would just would just draw their own conclusion. Colt's like, is it me? Or? Yeah, I didn't go to Vanderbilt, but other yeah. than that, yeah. everything else is everything true. Everything else sounds yeah. accurate. You yeah. know the photo shoot, though. That had to give it away. Yeah, for sure. But you're on a beach with just three bikini-clad babes, and I was, I was like, that had to be Luke's idea. And it actually wasn't. I don't know who the producer was, or I don't even remember that. You but, should uh, get a raise. Yeah. 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 And you should be your best friend. Making golf cool, so... Hey, we're going to do a golf article. All right, here's yeah. what I need. It's just three babes and bikinis on a beach. If you can find a way to work a golf club into the mix, cool. Yeah. But otherwise, there's no is, golf this is it. shots taken. Yeah, that he, thing was yeah. incredible. Sleaze did mention, though, Vanderbilt Commodore legend. You graduated from there with human and organ, organizational development degree. What, mm. what is that? You know, Vanderbilt doesn't have a business degree, so we'll just say that was the undergrad business uh, school. But, uh, you know, it was most of the athletes were in that field. And, uh, you know, I learned, learned a few things, but it was – Challenging in some areas, but um, yeah, definitely a couple slide courses as well. What's it like what? going to school in Nashville, though? I mean, one of my favorite cities. I yeah, it's, it's got to be the best. Uh, we, it was a lot of fun back then, and it's even more fun now. It's changed a lot. It's it's crazy how much the city's grown. It's kind of a mini Austin in a way with the music industry, and um, it's just a fun place to visit. So it was a lot of fun to go to school there, and wish our football team was a little better back in the day and now. But um, I mean, obviously, the golf team was really you know a special yeah. program then, and is even better now. So it's fun to be a part of that but um nashville is such a cool place it has grown though like crazy. Uh, we were almost teammates bud oh yeah very close think of the dynasty that could have been formed there you you're, hold horny, down you're the a horny one. you're a horny frog, down right? that four spot yeah heavy okay. power forward 
Could have been. You could have been a two spot, honestly, when we were playing there. We could I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Who were some of the guys on your team? John Kern was there. Brett Lang was a good junior player. We had a couple other guys. Brant, I didn't overlap with him at all. And then right after me, there was a bunch of slew of really good players that came through. By the way, you mentioned John Kern, former PGA Tour player. Texted me the other day. Oh, no way. Says he's thinking about starting a podcast. I go, well, you don't want this. It's a saturated market now. Yeah, you got, like, get you know, out of here. Talking don't, to don't the godfathers right here. something else. Yeah. Yeah. There's so you many jobs. Get in yeah. human development. Yeah, exactly. Develop some humans, <laughs> <Yeah>. but. <laughs> uh, but let's go, to, let's go back to 2004. That's where I feel like the world really first found out who Luke List was. You play the, you make it to the finals of the USAM, playing against arguably the greatest amateur to ever play the game and Ryan Moore, having one of the hottest summers ever up yeah. there at Wingfoot. But you make it to the finals. You're matched up against Ryan Moore. I'm guessing not many people were probably giving you a shot heading into those finals. No, I think it was an underdog, like even in the first round, maybe the second round too. And, um, you know, Wingfoot's awesome course. So it was fun just to get another round each day winning the match. That kind of, that's kind of how I looked at it. And then, um, you know, getting through the semis, obviously, you know, as a victor that uh, once you get there, it's kind of like it opens up a lot of doors and getting the majors was cool. But um, I still feel like I had a good chance to win and play pretty well. And I think Ryan Birdie three, the last four. Yeah, you had him. You yeah. He, um, he had some matches or he was down in early too, but um, it was kind of destiny for him to just wipe the table with everybody that summer. So unfortunately it didn't go my way and didn't um, put my name on the trophy next to you, but you know, it's all right. Yeah. A lot of people but, uh, strive. I'll let you drink out of it. So yeah. don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you yeah. feel like you were going up against, like you said, he's literally going through, he's in his run of the best summer or year of amateur golf. Do you feel like I'm going against destiny, right? Or I'm going against history right now? Yeah. I mean, I think a bunch of people had him down too. Overton, maybe a couple other guys had him down and he pulled some crazy stuff out, but um, there was a putt on like 15. I think that we were both right next to each other and I was just out and I felt like if I would have made that, it would have closed the doors like a 15 footer and I made it, I missed and he made, and that was kind of, can you, believe, can you believe that's been 16 years? No, I can't. I mean, I, mean, crazy, I feel old. I, you know, I talk to people about their kids now and I'm like, Oh, what's your kid too? And they're like 12. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm definitely <laughs> older than I, you know, but like so. you said, it opened up a lot of doors for you. Yeah. You get into the masters the next year in 05 by finishing runner up. You finished 33rd time for 33rd. Yeah. Great. It's, it's funny now living there, but it's um, obviously masters is one of the best. So it was fun to play well then as an amateur and I still have not been back yet. That's the kind of mini goal, especially moving back there. It's you drive by it a lot and you're like, fuck, I got to get back in this field, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's shitty not being, you know, be part of the tournament, but that's kind of a little side goal, which but is can nice. you remember? Can you remember much about that week? I mean, I know you made a whole yeah. lot in the par three contest. Yep. Yeah. That's I mean, cool. it was um, just one of those weeks as an amateur, they treat you so well. I remember like leading up to it, I would drive down from Nashville and kind of skip class on Friday. It was, uh, you know, HOD called HOD human organizational development weren't, weren't too strenuous and, uh, was able to pass most of my classes, but, uh, would go down a lot in practice. And I remember, you know, every time, you know, having drinks and meeting some of the members and just like racking up the tab and I'm like, fuck this, my dad's going to kill me. Like this bill's going to be $2,000 every, you know, and they charge you, it was like a hundred bucks. It was so cool. And I, you know, I just thought they, the way they treat the amateurs was awesome and stay in the crow's nest was great. Did um, you stay all week? In the I crow's did. Nest? Yeah, yeah. Which is really fun. And I think Ryan won, two tournaments. There was only like three of us up there, so it wasn't too crowded. And, uh, but yeah, just a special tournament, special place and the amateurs they treat. So, uh, are you one of those guys that like superstitious, like, are you played it as an amateur? Now you live there. Won't go back until you get in. No, I did that for, I did that for a long time. And I was like, screw this. Like I'm, yeah, I'm getting old. Like I had some buddies come in and they were playing like Max Frank. Yeah, we oh, took him out to Max. play, and yeah, Nick nice. Bedell, a couple of legends. Oh and, uh, God, Bedell! Yeah, that was coming <laughs> off a back? Cup, coming off a tail end bender at a hoopie, a new course in in uh, South Georgia. We had a good time, and um, yeah, there was some 
shakes involved at the natty on <laughs> on all of our parts but it was a fun day so um yeah i mean it's not in tournament shape but it was it's always fun to you know hallow grounds go stomp around there first off if nick bedell gets to step on the ground to tee it up there's no it's reason why you and i have not played this place yet <laughs> they let anybody true. anybody yeah. but you mentioned a hoopy okay i've heard that place is incredible it's really cool it's only a couple hours from augusta and um you know, Michael Walrath started from, he's a Long Island guy and it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's really real pretty, private or I think it's only 50 something members and oh, he, yeah, that's, private. That's pretty, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. I think it's like the, you know, all his buddies and, um, for the most part, and it's, it's a really cool spot. So that's highly, awesome. highly recommend practice down there in Augusta, I'm yeah. in a, um, champions retreat, Sage Valley and Augusta country club. So I got a nice little golf that's setup. Nice. How far Sage, is Sage Valley? Heard, it's only 20 something oh, minutes, 25 minutes. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And, um, I guess Zach Blair's building a course not too far away, like 45 minutes from Augusta now. I couldn't. Is couldn't that, that Buck Club? Yeah, he couldn't swing the dirt in Utah, so he's moving it to South Carolina a little cheaper. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair. Who are the dudes, who, who's your game down? Like, yeah, it's a got random. A yeah, it's random. Henrik Norlander, legend. He's a beauty. And then. Uh, <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Scott Perel's on the Champions Tour. Play a lot with him. Then we go over to Aiken, which isn't too far, and lose money to Kisner and Brownie over there. They're, they're joined. They don't come over and play with us a whole lot. I got to tell a funny Henrik Norlander story. So, so yeah. they Josh Gregory left Augustus. <laughs> what was Augusta State? Yeah. I don't know what's it called now. Augusta University. Augusta University. Yeah. Or maybe not. Left, so they didn't have a golf coach. <laughs> yeah. So they were they, yeah, you live there. Yeah. You probably know. <laughs> but they're looking oh, for yeah. a golf coach. They don't have one. So – they call Hendrick Norlander, like, hey, you live in Augusta. Would you mind being, like, the interim head coach for two weeks? And he's like, sure, no problem. So they come to Royal Oaks to play a tournament, and it's one of those ones where they bring six instead of five. Okay. And so they're in the van, and I guess it was after the practice round, and Hendrick just thinks they all suck, I guess. I don't know, but co- someone goes, like, coach, what's the format? He goes, I don't know. I hope it's a fucking scramble. <laughs> <laughs> he is a beauty. Yeah, he's fun. And when he gets a few uh, glasses of red, he's even better. So we have, we have a good time, and our wives are friendly, and we, we enjoy our time together. That's a good so, little spot. Yeah. You've lived in, you've played, you've been in Jupiter, which is yeah. like a hub. You've been in South uh, I can South tell you California, about anywhere South in the country. Yeah. Where do you like the best? Or? Yeah, I mean, we, we miss a lot of, of California stuff. I mean, obviously not right now, but um, the just the the vibe in California is really cool. I, we enjoy that a lot, the food and everything. But I guess it's really great. We have our in-laws close, and it's awesome for family, and um, we enjoy being there a lot. Yeah, you can't, hard to do a beach photo shoot in Augusta. Yeah, yeah. not a lot of that. Yeah. But I want to backtrack just a second because obviously you were, you were on a heater. You know, you lose the finals of the USAM. You play well at Augusta. You win the Jones Cup in 05, which mm-hmm. for people that don't know is one of the biggest amateur tournaments. Of, it's every other year. It's yeah. it was, Back then at least it was. I don't know how it is now. But it was huge when you win that. Were, was there ever any thought of maybe like leaving school early and turning pro? Well, unfortunately, uh, my coach, Press McFall, took a job my in between my junior and senior year to go to East Carolina, and that was kind of a, a good move for him and his family. But um, it left me thinking, man, I don't really want to go through a new coach and change, and you know, I'm playing well, and maybe give it a thought. But um, I did want that degree. You never know what can happen. I felt like it was the right move for me to stay. Um, maybe it would, you know, you could have got a few more sponsors invites, or you know, what your endorsements would have been better. But ultimately, I don't think I was ready to go anyway. So it it, it worked out fine. I mean, I, I had to pay my dues anyway on the mini tours, so it kind of. Um, hard to say in hindsight. God, I thought you were a stud. Yeah, <laughs> let's, I was let's, so scared of yeah. you. You were a stud. Let's yeah. get, but let's get in that. So you do finish school. You come out and you graduate. You've had all the success as an amateur, yeah. doing everything you can possibly do. Then you come out and you go through Q school twice and don't get through. I believe your first two yeah. times. Was that a surprise to you? Do you just kind of think like I'm going to cruise through this? I'm I'm clean. Yeah, I mean, I think golf. I didn't have the right mindset going into it. I mean, I think that for back, you know, Q school was canceled this year. But for I tell people now, like if you're going to Q school, you need to be prepared to have your like B or C game and still get through. And I feel like I was trying to prep for like having everything, all eggs in the basket, have your A game. And I kind of overdid it a little bit. And then when I got there, I wasn't hitting it great and kind of freaked me out. 
So that's, I think you need to be prepared to like not have your best stuff and still get through. And that goes through a lot of different situations. But for me, um, yeah, Q school is, it's daunting for a lot of guys, but it took a little bit to get the hang of it. And, um, don't want to go back. That's why it's so tough. Like you, like you said, this yeah. is the one event I got to show up for. It's easy to like overtrack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't no do that doubt. for any other tournament right. ever in your life. And then you're like, oh my God, this is it. Exactly. Now let's do everything. Yep. And it, it can backfire a lot of time. Yeah, no doubt. And it's just dumbing it down to it's just an event and, and you know, feeling like you can have, you know, not not your best stuff. Yeah, on the PJ Tour, it's like, okay, I yeah. played bad. It's, there's right. next week. Next yeah. week. Q school, yeah. it's like, uh, well, college, yeah. everything. Now right. it's next, next year. week. Yeah, now it's a year. Yeah. That's what's so hard about it. Yeah, but it's crazy. So you come out, you get your PJ Tour card in 13. You lead the tour in driving distance at 306. I looked all this up. Just oh, thank you. Nice year. Yeah, you, you you lost your card, but you were leading driving distance. Now, this year, you're at 313 and you're 21st. God, that's incredible. Like, how much has the game changed in just, like, in your span of your career? Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I think that there's so many factors. I mean, I think that people are being coached better. The young guys are having better instruction from, you know, five years old or whenever they're starting up through, you know, amateur and junior golf all the way to college. And I think that there was a handful of that when we were coming up, but it, it's just evolved to everyone has the right instruction. The equipment's better. The fitness is better. It's just across the board. Everyone is doing the right things from a younger age. Mm -hmm. And, um, that attributes to just people bombing it now. Like That's I remember crazy. like when we were coming out, it was you, Dustin Johnson and Gary Woodland. And right. it was just like, Holy shit. Y'all smashed it. And yeah. now it's like, if you don't hit it over 300, you might as well be start a podcast. <laughs> and don't do that. Yeah, yeah don't do that, no, people. No, yeah. get her. Yeah. Develop humans. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it's crazy. I mean, obviously Bryson has kind of set the the bar even higher, which is nuts because I feel like even when I'm trying to mess around, I know Tony and a couple of guys can get to 200 ball speed, but I can't even touch that anymore. I'm like I'm too old, so um I can still move it a little bit, but the I think the next generation will be we'll see more guys, you know, flying at 330, 340. But for you, it's like yours is effortless like to me yeah, i mean right. people that have seen you swing like you're not falling over out there like we saw charlie hoffman on instagram recently yes yeah, he got to 133 which is unbelievable that is yeah speed. he's like but i mean he's going all out yours is like just perfect you're in perfect balance like every Freddy. time yeah i mean Tempo. charlie's been a lot of time in the gym i don't want to give him too much credit he's still ugly but he's it's so ugly. just <laughs> it's a matter i mean that's cool that's impressive speed i mean i don't know you know for me it's I don't even know if I can get that much speed. It's just a matter of my mind's always timing. If I feel like I'm swinging too hard, I'm going to miss the, you know, I'm going to hit it all over the place. So uh, I think Bryson, that's impressive that he was able to still keep it on the planet with those numbers. Yeah. Do you, do you not, as part of you not like this push for distance that everyone's getting longer? Cause when you first come out, like you led the tour, you're the yeah. longest guy. That's your biggest advantage. And now it's like, all right, now I'm kind of, I mean, top tier, but I'm I, not the longest. I think people still talked about it and like, you still have to get the ball in the hole and like, you know, that's been my biggest struggle too. So it's, it's nice to be able to hit the ball far. That's a nice tool to have. Now that everyone's doing it, it's great. But I mean, eventually I think you still have to have all the shots and all the tools and be able to find it um, and get the ball in the hole. So I'm, you know, for me, that's still priority number one. I just feel like like 10 years ago, it was like the long guy, here's Luke list at 306. And the average guy was probably, you know, 280. Yeah. Now it's like the long guy's 320 and the average guy's 305. It's like, yeah, it's just everybody. The, yeah. And unless they do something to rein it in, it'll just keep going. I think, I mean, I mean, just equipment and technology are obviously better, but guys are bigger, faster, yeah, stronger no athletes doubt. now. I mean, there's not, there wasn't guys back in the eighties, like Gary Woodland and Dustin Johnson and you playing golf. No, I mean, just from our time on, you know, the average age on tours dropped dramatically. Mm -hmm. I feel like a dinosaur now at 35. And I think the average age is probably, it's gotta be in the twenties. I don't know what the numbers are. It's getting are, younger and younger yeah, every single year. Um, and the guys are taller, 
leaner, fitter, everything's going that direction. So it's cool. It. And yeah. all the like teaching, they can like they can put monitors yeah, on you yeah. and show you how to you're, do it all. It was diff- used to be like, oh, hit it as hard as you can. Right. Get some more get some more lag. Yeah. Find find something. But now it's, stance, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let me ask you this. If you could change I mean you're 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 a bomber, but if you could change one thing about how they set the golf course up, what would it be? That's that's a good question because I feel like I I do enjoy the tougher tests. Like I like the courses that you know eight to twelve under wins, you know, and and whether that's tighter fairways, firmer. I think that generally the course setup's good, but um, traditionally, if you grow the rough up and have firm greens, like you're gonna have you know higher scores. So it's I mean, just yeah. that's what they could do. There's more. There's enough potential to do that. I think you could maneuver the schedule around a little bit, not worry about the sponsors if you really wanted to make it tougher, but. Um, guys are going to figure out a way to make birdies. It's better. I mean, 20 yeah. under every single yeah. week, no matter yeah. if the weather's yeah. decent, it's just like clockwork. Yeah, but yeah. You've, I mean, you finished sixth at Bethpage at the PGA, right. which was, I mean, that's a Luke list setup. If yep. I've ever seen yeah. It. I mean, there's certain courses that fit and that one, you know, driver every t- you get in a rhythm where you're hitting, you know, 10 to 12 drivers instead of button a hybrid or something. But, um, you know, that, that type of golf course is, you're going to see a lot of that, but again, you know, the, the conditions were tough that week wind and, you know, some kind of crazy weather. So, uh, but you can't count on that every week. Yeah. Speaking so. of course setups, like you spent a couple of years on the corn Ferry tour and things like that. Did you feel like that tour was almost hard? I want to say harder. That's not the right word, but not set up as well for you. Cause there's so many courses out there where a guy like you can't hit driver and you're going to be yeah. from the same place from the fairway that I am and on tour. Yeah, no doubt. You can I mean, air it out more in a sense. It's good because that tour, you got to make birdies and you got to like get in the mindset of going low. And that's, that is a good mindset. I mean, the tour has evolved where there's, there used to be a lot of courses where like Harbor town and just certain courses you have to work your way around and be able to, you know, par is good middle of the green and just kind of make a couple birdies here and there and like shooting 69 goes a long way where yeah that that still does exist a little bit but i think now that the game has changed where you really have to have a little bit of that more corn fairy mentality of firing and being aggressive and and knowing when to you know almost play conservatively a little bit instead of always you know laying up so yes. i feel like since the tour returned after the, the covid break I mean, it. You have to go balls to yeah, the balls. Yeah, it's, it's they had no wind. Right. Greens are soft. I mean, yeah. You show. You saw the difference at at Harbortown. I mean, you, you right. finished third there before, and right. but the difference in playing there in June versus April was just a joke. How much yeah. different it was. It, it. I mean, obviously, a little bit of uh, softer greens, and those greens are usually firm. Mm-hmm. Made it made a big difference, and there wasn't much wind. But uh, you know, you can't control the weather. I guess the setup could be a little tweaked here or there to make it a little tougher. But I just got, feel like hitting the ball straight is such a skill. Like, I'm not saying you should hit it 260 off the tee. Obviously, it's easier to hit right. straight there. But, like, you should get rewarded if you hit it far and straight. And But if you try to push it up there, I think you should get punished a little bit. Yeah. So I've, I've thought of this idea of growing the rough. It gets deeper the closer you get to the green. Progressive yeah. rough, yeah. but just right. so not, further Not out. width. Let's yeah, go yeah, no, further just, off. So right. if you want to ship it up there start, at 320 right. and you miss the fairway, you're going to get punished. But if right. you hit the fairway, you're rewarded. But if yeah. you want to lay back to 260 – Obviously, then it's harder because you're further right. from the green. But it's obviously the rough isn't as penalizing, and the fairway's a little wider. Yeah, I mean that sets up ideal for you. Yeah, like, Colts is just yeah. building his own. And I, <laughs> I get it. Guys, I get it. It's it kind of a nice yeah, idea. Oh, I like it. Three hundred eighty like yards. Yeah, it's like a lob wedge into every long rough at three hundred to <laughs> yeah. the green. Do you think part Perfect. of it is not just players are getting better, but also just the mentality? Like we had Sean O'Hare in here, and he kind of yeah. talked about this because he's been out there for a long time. He talks about like, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. we talked about a lot of weird <laughs> shit. Actually, I've listened to that. One. That was that's the hardest I've laughed. Yeah, I, we, I was actually driving some to a tournament, and I, I was listening to your and I had my earbuds in. I was driving, which my wife's like, "That's not safe." I'm like, "That's fine," you know. And then a little one fell asleep in the back, and I was crying, laughing. <laughs> I, I almost woke her up. I was she's hitting me. Shut up! I was laughing so hard. I, I couldn't like, believe he told it. Dude. So I, good. I, I actually talked to him like two nights ago. We had him on yeah. a radio show a few days ago. I was talking to him on the phone. He's like, dude, 
It's not all the time, but he's like, some of these tournaments now I go out to, he's like, people be like, watch out for the shower, yeah, Sean, yeah. or something. He's like, <laughs> like, dude, I should have I had no idea that this thing would No, I was there, literally like looking it. forward to registering just so I could like find him and like, dude, that was incredible. That was so good. <laughs> that was so good. Uh, what the hell was uh, I asking? I don't even remember. Oh, I was asking, yeah. do you think part of it is like just got like the minds, like obviously I think the players are better. They're younger. Right. I think the skill is just getting better yeah. as a whole in the game of golf. But some of it just the mentality of like, there used to be like, oh, 25 feet right out of the hole right. here is a good shot. And now guys are just like, Forget well, just, that just right like, at it every time. Just like that mentality. I mean, like you felt like you had to go to college and, and then graduate and then go to the mini tours and that doesn't Pay exist anymore. It doesn't, it's all like these guys are ready to win in, you know, at 18 to 22, like that range, they're just ready to go and they're, they're weathered and their swings are good and they're ready to make a bunch of birdies. So it is it, impressive. There's yeah, no learning yeah. curve anymore. It's just I don't like, think I'm a good so. college yeah. player. Now I'm a good tour. Yeah. Player. Well, the, I mean the golf club and the golf ball are the same and the holes the same size. So they just, Go for it. I mean, it's it's impressive. I mean, it's so some, hard to do though. It's easy yeah. to say. Like you yeah. came out your rookie year. You had a rough rookie year. Your yeah. first year out there, and obviously it wasn't a skill thing or a talent thing. Yeah. You were an unbelievable player. What was it your first year as a rookie that was like this? Yeah, oh, I mean, it's harder than it, used it can to. be a bunch of different things. I mean, knowing the golf courses, um, you you start getting a little stretch of losing some confidence on hitting some shots or hanging out with Colt too much. I mean, it mm -hmm. just depends on you know the different it's not the first variables. Time someone's blaming. <laughs> but uh, no, but that going back, it almost was like a okay, really, what do you want to do? Do you want to do take this seriously and really full encompassing the full circle, like do check all the boxes the right way and make this, you know, career. And that was kind of a gut check to do that. And it worked out well. Yeah. It's uh, I it's mean, worked out. It, it's very easy to get out on the PGA tour and get distracted. I don't think people realize like you get out there, there's hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. There might be some parties at night that, have never been to range. You yeah. just want I mean, to be there and soak it up. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a million different things. I mean, if you're, you know, I, th I listen to Abe's podcast with you guys and just talking about tinkering with clubs. I mean, that's a big distraction too. Like what got you there is probably going to play your best with. So that was a little, I was going through some equipment stuff that rookie year and that was kind of a pain in the ass, but um, you know, again, no excuses. I mean, always play better. I tell, so. I tell all the young kids coming up there, if they ask for any kind of advice, I'm like, learn when they to go say, to Colt. Yeah. When they go, <laughs> well, first off, Played out there just only eight more years than you did, but no big deal. <laughs> oh, there it is. But, uh, oh, wait. Well, yeah. oh, we hit the under. We hit yeah. the under. But I tell them to learn to say no because if yeah. every equipment rep is going to come up. Because first off, they get paid by how many shafts yep. they get put in play, how many grips, whatever it is. Try this, try that. Listen, if you're happy with your stuff, just say no. Yep. I mean, the, the tour also has evolved that way too. I feel like that in your time, and you've seen that, that guys were hanging out and there was more camaraderie and like – um, it's not, I don't feel like it's like, I mean, the guys will still stay together now with the, the houses and the COVID stuff that they're a little more isolated, but for the most part, it's, you're in your little pod, your team, your trainer, your chef, your whatever. Um, and you're, there's no having to say they're just, that's, they're all in every week. And it just seems like that that's, that's so kind sad. of, it is, but they're making millions. And yeah. I mean, the, I get checking, it. The money's, yeah. money's yeah. a lot, but still it's, it's fun to go hang out. And I agree. With guys. I, I mean, there, it, that, that exists. I think with more of the older generation that's out there and, um, stuff but I, I see most of the young guys kind of doing their uh, robotic stuff and that's that works i mean that that'll keep you in the mode and hopefully we'll see that longevity in that yeah, i feel too. like it's just more of like a business not that it always yeah. hasn't been a yeah, business no, but no. it's more of everyone's yeah. got their team and this is yeah. what i do and it's more like me me i'm totally. worrying about my stuff which is totally fine but there's yeah. less like you hear the story of some of the older guys like mccord and stuff that's been in here it's like dude it, there's none of that those are the cards after the rounds and the totally. drink and go, that's like Gone, it's gone. It yeah. Like. Yeah. Not, I mean, that it sounds all enticing, but I think the new, you know, generation, if you want to stay healthy and play, I mean, guys are doing that, you know, till Phil and those guys playing in their fifties stricker. And it's, it's really impressive that they've had those careers and still can play against the young guys, but they're, they're doing the same thing. 
Yeah. I would so. I would say like if, if and people that know you very well that you played a lot of golf with you even members of the media that have seen you play they're probably surprised you haven't broke through and won yet. How much does that eat at you? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's more for me. It does to a degree. I mean, I think it did a little like a few years ago, but now it's like I've got so much good going for me. You know, wife, beautiful little girl. Like it's all awesome stuff. Then everything else is just happens is is a plus. So. Yeah, obviously I want to win. I want to win a lot. Would love to win a major, like all that stuff. But if it doesn't, it's not going to be in the world, you know. And I feel like for me, it's more like these mini goals of like trying to get better and trying to improve. And like even though I've been struggling of late, I'm like, man, I'm actually enjoying working at it, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. And that's how I know that I'm still doing the right things. If you enjoy working at it when you're struggling, then you're you're doing all right. What's the number one thing you need to improve? I think it's just getting the right mind frame of like being consistent with um, my putting and like knowing that I'm doing, I'm on the right track and like working on it. And then instead of like having a bad putting week and feel like I got to change a putter or feeling like I've got to tweak something here or there. And I think that that when I'm playing my best, I feel like I'm just consistent with my routine and consistent with my mindset. And that, that can vary easily for me. Cause I've usually hit it pretty well. And like, if I'm not, you know, scoring, it's usually the putter. So that for me, if I can, you know, stay consistent, that's kind of my goal with that. Yeah, your swing's pretty ugly. You should probably work on yeah, it. Yeah, I'd work on tempo yep. and length yep. more yep. than anything. Yep. I spent yep. a lot of time on both those. You had a you had an interview after the a 2018 Honda, the playoff loss to Justin Thomas, where in your post game you said, uh, "I have a renewed passion for the game," and you feel like you are, you know, you kind of that inner fire was like relit or whatever. Yeah. Is that is that when you played golf for as long as you have? Is that the hardest thing to do? Is like to, the kind of like to stay excited about playing golf and playing on tour. I mean, that's the biggest feat. Like the guys that have, you know, obviously like Tiger that is the exception right he's the the bar but like how he's been able to push himself after winning so much it just blows my mind that's so much like inner strength to be able to do that and, and mental fortitude to to keep going i mean he's achieved everything there is and he still was out there grinding like that's so cool so it, it's a little little probably a little tougher for that situation but for me like yeah i haven't done all this stuff so i want to strive to keep going for that for that stuff but um yeah but it's the same thing with any job. I think people forget because it's PJ Tour. And right. Most people look at that like the, the dream job. But it's like it's, at the end of the day, it's still a job. And if you right. do something for 20 plus years every single day, like it's easy to just kind of become lethargic with it. And It can and be. And yeah, I've gone monotonous. through that. I mean, everything is kind of maximizing your opportunities and also, you know, maximizing your time management, too. And I think that that's always been my struggles for different reasons. And I think that now it's like, yeah, you want to be good father, good husband, like good, you know, good at playing golf and good at doing all that and like training the right way. But it's still um, finding out like the balance of all that. And that's that can be tough, especially with with our lifestyles. I think with the PGA Tour, too, is unless you win, you have to earn that job every single year. Yeah, it's like, oh, great. You finished 40th on the FedEx. You had a great year. You made a lot of money. Guess what? Now you get to start over and go. Now we're starting to zero. Yeah, exactly. Was that different for you this year, being that like with COVID and all that stuff, those first year, like, all right, no matter what, I'm ain't losing my card. I'm playing again next. Did that change? Yes and no. I mean, I don't think so because I was in a um, in a decent category. I had my full card, but like I didn't get in Colonial and like I wasn't in some of the Invitationals. So it was kind of like that sucks. Like I want to be back where I'm getting in. You know, where the level a couple years prior was in a couple majors and like in all the Invitationals, and that's where you want to be. You want to be in that echelon where you're um, can set your schedule and do all that. So that's kind of the goal to get back to that where you're. Know, optimizing your starts. What the do you think? Sees all the free money. That's, yeah, those are yeah, nice. those are nice yeah, too. Free yeah. money, good yeah. things. Yeah. Four day no cut is, yeah. is prime okay, time. I'll show up. Yeah, yeah. you got yeah. me. Yeah. Say golf didn't work out. What do you think Luke List would be doing? <sighs> I don't know. I've thought about that because I've heard you ask a bunch of guys that, and you know, I've had I've, I've really asked myself that twice when I've like there was one time in 2014 I lost my card and I was like God, I'm like literally thought I was gonna like want to quit and like but I was like 
don't know what else I do. Yeah. So I, I think I could probably do something in sales or do something kind of BSC, but I don't know. I mean, hopefully I don't come to that. I've got some, I, I kind of float around some ideas business wise, like trying to make Augusta, our community I live in now a little bit better. So I, I've got a buddy that we're always popping ideas off and, um, We'll see how that goes. Maybe keep down the playing road. good golf. Yes, exactly. Keep playing. You can always drive Uber. Yeah, yeah. we've had some yeah. guys audible into Uber. It's worked out pretty well. Oh, jeez. <laughs> shady characters. I want to ask you this because I'm not sure if you still do this, but I found this very interesting. You used to have names on all your clubs, on all your irons. You had it yeah. stamped on there, and there were different names and acronyms for each club. Are you, is, are you still doing that? that I haven't done that in a long time. Um, that that really got out of control. Um, yeah, I've, man, I forgot about the name and all the clubs. That hasn't hasn't popped up. I read while. somewhere that your forearm was named FS. Do you remember what that stands for? I think that was fat shit. Fat shit for yeah. the forearm. Yeah, because <laughs> I used to, that for the I used to chunk it four? all the time. Like I'd have the perfect number into a par five or a long par three, and I'd, like I wouldn't chunk any other club. It was just the forearm. Just so fat, fat shit. shit. <laughs> My whole bag would be FS. Yeah, I know, right? FS like, you want? Can, you, thin, chunk can you thin it sometime? Yeah. And so I think I'd purposely try to thin the forearm after. Oh, after that's that. that's yeah. so good. I, I wish you remember some of the other ones yeah. I, I like that idea though name every yeah. single club so you just tell your caddy like all right give me the fs is it yeah. a full fs or a i think i FS? tried to get them to like take the numbers off but they didn't at the time i mean the other companies probably would but that would have been great yeah that yeah. is yeah. hilarious hide it on par threes yeah. too nobody yeah. knows yeah hold on are you uh, what are you in, you're in town working with jamie mulligan your oh, coach, yeah correct? yeah doing a little club testing working jamie my coach is california he's here we're just doing a little practice and um yeah just enjoying some good weather what's the so jamie mulligan is a very famous cult so many guys have gone to him yeah. across all different tours what is it about jamie that makes so many guys want to go to him um for me when he broke it down like there was obviously some swing issues but i think it was full encompassing everything like we first started working together um it, we wouldn't even hit golf ball sometimes we just talk and like he just has such a knowledge of the game that way and that was really cool to have someone who first doesn't look like a golf coach he, you know dresses like a little surf beach bum and he's um you know you're talking to him and you think you're just you know hanging out with some bro at the bar in cali so yeah. we got along that that way pretty well and he um his knowledge of the game and his stories are great um i've heard all of his stories 1000 times so it's uh, a little repetitive but uh he's done a lot for me and Obviously, the swing stuff's been very helpful. Yeah, I too. met him when we were in Vegas. When we went up there, and we saw you. We went yeah. to dinner with you yep. that night, and he was like, "Hey, Jamie, nice to meet you." I was like, "Hey, Jamie, good yeah. to see you." you know, kept moving or whatever. Yeah. And then like, "Oh, that's Jamie." I was like, "I had no idea." That yeah, was you Jamie Ma. I yeah. was like, "Yeah, I probably no state to recognize anybody," but I was like, oh, "I had no idea that was the guy." I would have just sat and yeah. talked to him because he's he's so well known and so I everyone think speaks yeah. so highly. He's done so much, and he, I think a lot of his guys were from you know small aged you know whether junior golfers or even before then. So he, he's kind of molded those guys. Patrick can't like obviously yeah. one of them has had a lot of success. So it's cool to he's see. Doing okay. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's got, I mean, he'll be okay. His nickname is Sheldon. So <laughs> some good names coming yeah, out of yeah, the SoCal yeah, region. Yeah. What's the Sheldon yeah. about? I think that's from uh, big bang theory. The, the, oh, the nerdy, <laughs> the nerdy guy. That's, you thought yeah. you'd catch that. Yeah. No, I don't, yeah. I don't, I know that guy, one? but I don't watch it. Oh, uh, idiot. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Who knows? I don't. I, mean, I don't have, have one for him. But we got the seagull, Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, the that's, that's, a, that's, that's one of the best. Fitting, that's one of the best. Yeah. There's. No, I don't know if there's a better fitting. Nickname. Well, do you remember when we were we stayed out much? I called you CeeLo for a while, yeah. and you called me Kesha. Because you're like, yeah, you're good looking, but not from up close or from far away. <laughs> we used to have some interesting times. CeeLo, yeah. where'd that come from? CeeLo Green? Green. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah. I white, white, white CeeLo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's cool. I ran into him at the airport one time, and he is legitimately this yeah. Is yeah. I was like, this is him. Great. Pats on the head and all this stuff. Great voice, though. Yeah, he can go. Yeah. Yeah. Kid's got some talent. I get it. All right. <laughs> You've seen our show. Now we're going to get into the Perfect. emergency nine. Perfect. Nine fun ones. So, but you got to put your thinking cap on. You okay. The first one down. That's All right. Well, I'm yeah. Think. I'm gonna yeah. Open this beer. Yeah. yeah. Have a beer. Yeah. Pretty yeah. soon we'll put you to bed. All right. Mm -hmm. Number one, 
movie about the life of Luke Lisk. Who plays you in a movie? Any actor? You know, on a good day, I've I've gotten Ryan Reynolds. That's aggressive, but Ooh. I'll I'll mm. take that take that one. Yeah, that's... yeah. I watched uh, Ford and Ferrari on the plane this morning, so I'll go with. Matt. By the way, great movie. Really good. Under, watch that. Really watch, underrated. Watch really that recently good. as well. Uh, so Matt Damon, if not Ryan Reynolds, I have Matt Damon down. Oh wow. Nice. Think very highly of yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> modesty. <laughs> well, sorry. I mean, if you have a movie playing yourself, I'm not going to say Denzel. Like, of course, Gary, dude, this Gary is your Hunt. movie. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I had you best. for John Krasinski. Okay. Yeah. yeah thank you. Very likable. Yeah. Very. very and you know, kind of got shred, shredded recently. That's a little. You did get. Yeah, you are yeah. shredded. What's that, uh, yeah. What's that show he's got out on? Recently, something Jack Ryan. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the new yeah. guy. He went from Jim Halpert, office dude, to save the world every episode. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do take that either one, okay. of the, either of those. All right, this one. Oh, this is my like serious one. All right, if you could have one mulligan in your career, where do you take it? Oh, when was the first time we met? Walk the other way. Think about all the good times uh, we had. One mulligan in my career that golf, just golf wise. Yeah, golf just, shot. You can have over. I would have um, stayed with my clubs that I played in 2012 and not changed in 2013. My rookie year, I would have. The clubs that got me there. Yeah, we do a money. lot of talking yeah. about that. Yeah, on this, that's I think probably that's, my one mulligan. Yeah, I think yeah, we, you wouldn't be the only guy with yeah. that mulligan. I don't yeah. think some big. And big, I haven't done it since, so that's that was a good lesson learned the hard way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this recently with John Rom changing mm. from Taylor made to Callaway. Aggressive, big change. Yeah. Is but I'm guessing that paycheck was a little aggressive too. Yeah, he's pretty good. He'll figure it out. But um, yeah, it is. If I, I if people do do that, I I say get in the contract that you have. You know, fourteen clubs is a lot, but just if you have wiggle room to get the timing, make yeah. sure you have enough time to to do all that. So. Yep, agreed. All right, number three, best prank you have done to anyone on the PJ Tour, or best prank that has been done to you on the PJ Tour. Oh man, that's a good one. Best prank, best prank. I've got one I did to you. I don't know if you remember. Uh, I'll let you tell that. The best prank I've ever seen is. Poor little Gavin Coles. They used to abuse that little guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was such That's a funny good, little Australian guy. And they just like, I feel like there was a stretch where they, there was this toilet in this, in Wichita or somewhere we played. And it was like an inch off the ground. I'm like, why? And they just, Gavin's toilet, you know, and then there was this little like miniature birdhouse and like Gavin's house. They just used to like always like leave notes for Gavin and his like little tiny little miniature stuff. So that was, I always thought that was really Trip Eisenhower went and got one of those cars that the little kids drive yeah. around. It's like the mini Mercedes and parked it in his spot at the yeah. Barclays one year. His Legendary. wife got so mad. It yeah. was great. Uh, but mine was at the Greenbrier with you. The one I did to you, me and you were kind of going back and forth a little bit and we were playing around the same time and I decided to call room service. And was like, Hey, this is Luke. List. We, our rooms are right across the hall from each other. Okay. I was like, Hey, this is Luke list. Uh, I'm finishing up. I know it's gonna be busy. I just want to go ahead and order like two pizzas, a bottle of wine, Caesar salad and a dessert. Oh my God. And he gets back, and I could hear outside because I mean, Greenbrier's old, so you can yeah. hear everything outside. And I hear him. He's like, Got your room service? He's like, I didn't order that. I'll take it. But I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to that's pay for it, good. so that was good. Yeah, You're it's late. Always it's always yeah. fun to mess You're with. Late. Yeah. I'm not paying for Where it. my cookie. Yeah. All right, next one. Yes. Your wife, who's a bit of an actress, right? If she were to land the leading role as the love interest of Leonardo DiCaprio, would you be excited or terrified? Um, oh, I think most of, you know, she's 30 now, so I think she's a little. Outside the age range of most of his, <laughs> so I think I think I'd be all right with yeah. it. I mean, she's beautiful. I'm very lucky, but I think that he goes for a little younger. Okay, let's so say 25 year old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's in her prime time. I mean, yeah, that's a little worrisome. I and I, I mean, I would still worry now, but uh, that's a good yeah, answer. Yeah, that's, yeah, she's so I'd, about I'd give her ten the, years. If she's in a movie with Leo, though, I take that paycheck right now. I was she's about to say, lady, you might not so have to I'm, do nothing yeah, ever again. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, next question. Obviously, in the rules of golf, you're allowed to play with only 14 clubs. 
What's the fewest you have finished around with? Can be on tour or off tour. Um, probably I teed off. Well, Travis Matthew, we had like a fun tournament, and I had a rental set, and I broke the driver and went and paid the pro, and then didn't play anymore. I don't think. So there's one shot with that. So it was like, <laughs> I heard it was a Nike Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, I think the, I've never, I don't think I've ever broken two clubs in a round. The funniest one I've ever had was at quail. I, um, I was playing bad. It was on Sunday and I just was like kind of back of the pack. And I, I twirled a club into the lake on, um, I hit an awesome drive, like a bomb. And I had a five iron into the par five 15, which is, Silly. Yeah. Most guys are in, you know, hybrids or whatever. And I'm short side myself with a fiver and just tomahawked it over the group and into the lake. Over he, the group? Well, the, the rest of my group was yeah. like over the left and I just threw it over their heads and everybody's laughing. I'm like, keep laughing. <laughs> and we get to 17 and I'm like, it's a perfect five into my caddy. Yep. So he's like, you want to hit a four or a six? I'm like, well, with six is going in the soup. And I've got a feather of four. Hit that in the soup too. So. FS, <laughs> yeah, FS yeah, yeah. So uh, that was not my finest moment, but uh, I, I've never broken more than one. Club it's amazing around. if you do break one, yeah. how you need it later it's, on. Yeah, around. it's it's obviously karma, and it bit me hard. So God, I can't remember the. You can't get somebody, around yeah. breaking one no. and not being like, well, this is no, perfect coming back. for my eight, which yeah. I threw in the lake. No, that's what, I was playing with somebody, and he had an Australian caddy. I can't remember who it was, and uh, he got up there, and he's like, "Well, it's a perfect eight, but you fucking broke it back yeah. up." <laughs> It's, um, it's uh, undefeated. Yep. Yes. Undefeated. Every time. Yes. That rule. All right. Next question. Bigger heartthrob on the Vanderbilt campus while you were there. You or Jay Cutler? Yeah, I'd say Jay Cutler. I mean, obviously he had, I feel like he had like. It's close though. Yeah. I doubt Toss that. up. He had like an Escalade or something. And uh, he used to just kind of ride around and, and, you know, listen to his gangster music and just pull up. And I feel like a girl would just hop in his car. So yeah. I, I didn't have that. that hey, you. Yeah. Um, but he uh, obviously had a good career, and I think football is a little sexier than golf. So he gets he out. was blasting some some rap. Around. Oh yeah, he's, he's a big, country you know, dude now on that on his reality oh, is he shows now? out okay. in the woods. He's got and he likes all, chickens. He's and got all, all likes chickens. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like a flock of chickens. Good for him. Too. Yeah, right. interesting guy. Yeah, mm. were you guys buddies at all? You guys didn't hang? know him a whole lot. He was friends with a couple of older guys, and um, you know, nothing good bad to say about him. He was okay. kind of yeah. All right. All right. Next question. Yeah. We're gonna do a little word association. First thing that pops into your head when I say this word. Okay. okay. Gravy. You. Okay. Sleaze. Also you. Mm-hmm. Popcorn. Um. Di- movies. Oh. It's very disappointing. You got that okay. one wrong. You had the first two right. Okay. I want you to think back to the Corn Ferry tour. We're in San Francisco, and there might have been. Some- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> God. Please tell the story. Oh, he's. I wish he was here just to tell that story. He is so good. Um. Every time I see him now. Your old beauty caddy, he's a legend. Um, I, you tell better. You, I'll, well, I'll give you the honor. I, I it just came to me as I was yeah. coming here actually yeah. about this, but I remember there was something. You were walking down the street in San Francisco, and there was these two bums about to fight. Yep. <laughs> and I believe, like everyone was kind of just walking around it, and these two cops came up and like just nonchalantly like, "Not today, popcorn." Yep. <laughs> so they, they all knew this bum. Must have been a big fighter. Well, he'd been arrested a couple times. The guy had said, and I was just crying. I mean, the, the one had been peeing, and he he stopped peeing, and he tackled the other guy, and then <laughs> not today. Popcorn came out of nowhere. The cop came out of the side, and and so yeah, it's uh, the guy that caddies for Andrew Putnam now, Brandon, who caddies up at yeah. the Rocket. Always, he was. I think he was uh, yeah. caddying for you at yes, the time. Yes, yes. And so I always call him. We each call each other popcorn. popcorn. Yeah. Now. Yep. Not today. Yeah, no more great. pissing yeah. and fighting, yeah. popcorn. Yes. Damn it. God, what a legend. That's what weird. I'm in San Francisco. 
You, that's a, it's a mess right if now. If you would have picked up on popcorn when I said I know, that, by the way, that would have been very Yeah, popcorn's a broad one. That's that's a throwback yeah. story, but that's a hell of a story. Yeah. All right, next one. Hypothetically speaking, if you were to attend, say, a Charlie Hoffman charity event in San Diego and, say, hypothetically, two tickets for a Justin Bieber concert were up for sale <laughs> in San Diego, and hypothetically you were also living in Jupiter at the time, mm-hmm. how much would you bid on those hypothetical tickets? Well, it seemed reasonable at the time to potentially, you know, it wasn't like a massive fan, but I mean, he, you know, it would have been fun to, you know, go, but I don't even think I knew where the concert was when I first initially bid or that my friends, quote unquote friends would bid up the ante a little bit, but it was a great cause to give my money to Charlie's people and, uh, not go to the concert. So. What happened? Because you're in Jupiter. I feel like the, it was the concert's in San Diego. Charlie oh, it wasn't in San Diego. I think it was like Vegas or something. And I still didn't. Either way, I didn't go to the concert. Get, and just I don't know. It was whatever. Charlie yeah. probably took those front yeah. row. Guaranteed. Yeah. Beebs throwing yeah. pants. Game to the there. girls. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, we look, this you. this has been an absolute yeah. blast, man. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, boys. Fun. Thanks for the time. Dude. Appreciate it. Kill them this year. Thanks. And that was Luke List on Golf Subpart. Like we said, a little more serious golf talk. Coming off the Mike Commodore episode, kind of hard to back That's up. That's a tough one. That's yeah. coming on stage after Chappelle goes on. You know, like, nah, dude, you go. I don't want to be the one after that guy. So that's a tough spot for him to be in. But Luke, such a good guy. And he's one of those guys I look at in his golf career. When you watch him play golf, it's like there's so much talent there. I just think when all the things kind of get figured out and all come together at once, there's just too much game there to not, you know, go peel off a couple wins in his PGA Tour career. I thought it was cool to listen to, like, when he first comes out on the PGA Tour in 2013, he leads the tour in driving distance at, like, 306. Now he's averaging, like, 12 yards further, and he's, like, 21st in driving distance. It's just crazy how much the game's evolved. And here's a guy, like you said, so naturally talented. It's a joke. If you've ever seen him swing the golf club, I mean, it just looks effortless, and he just absolutely smashes it. And I would say, I mean, he's he's a good buddy of mine, but I would still say, Probably to his face, he's underachieved in his career. Well, talent-wise, yeah, when you look at what he can do. I remember playing with him in college in an amateur golf, and he was one of those, like you said, it's effortless. Just watching him, I was like, oh, my God. Like, why don't I – why can't I hit it that – it doesn't even look like he's trying. He's just one of those guys that jumped out like a – like a DJ or a JB Holmes or some of these guys that, you know, were the long, there was a handful when we, mm-hmm. when you and I were playing, he was one of them and watching him play. It's like, God, as soon as this guy figures everything out, like it's a problem for everybody else. But like now there's 50 guys hitting it like that. Yeah. But I mean, he's still got a lot of time left in his career. Definitely would not be surprised if he, he knocks off a victory pretty soon, but thanks to him for sitting down with us. But Sleaze, tell him that's going to do it for 2020 with golf subpar, but coming up in 2021, our debut episode, we've got the man himself, Big, beautiful Harry Higgs. Rookie on the PGA Tour last year. Started to make a little name for himself. Had a great rookie season. But he's more known for kind of his look out on the golf course. Yeah, he's more known for – he played a great – had a great year of golf last yeah. year, especially as a rookie. But more known for kind of his uh, overall appearance, the way he likes to slide those buttons down and show a little man cleavage out there. Mm-hmm. So he will be in the building. Definitely a fan favorite. There's been no fans out there right now. But he is – if you check Twitter and all that type of stuff, he's one of the guys that everyone – Seems to seems to want more of. So we're gonna have big, beautiful in the building this coming week, and I'm excited for it. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I cannot I cannot wait. And you're gonna have to deal with two SMU Mustangs. I know this is gonna be disastrous. I don't know. <laughs> I might check. I might call in sick that day. We'll, we'll try to limit the SMU stories. Now we'll tee him up for whatever the hell he wants to talk about. I cannot make wait. sure his cup is full the whole time, and we'll get into it. I cannot wait. But thank you all for a great 2020. This has been an absolute blast for us. We'll see you in 2021 on Golf Subpar.